With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looks like football, baby. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can find me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And joining me, as always, the execution of excellence, something along those lines. Who the hell knows? At Jake Takes FF. Kyle. Jake Griff, damn it. <laughs> excellence of ex- execution. There we go, right? That's better. Yes, the excellence of execution. You had a long, you had two weeks off now, or one week off, two weeks since we've talked to get that right, but it was a fine attempt. Uh, How have you been, my friend? Uh, I've been good. I've, I've totally, every time, it's always the pressure of getting that right. And then as soon as the music's playing, I'm jamming out because, you know, it's a, you know, it's badass intro. But then I'm like, oh shit, the mic's going to get hot here in a sec. And I <laughs> forgot what I was going to say. So, but I, I've been good, man. I, I, uh, I did tune in last week. You and uh, and and Doctor Kyle, the other Kyle, kept the uh, the Kyle seat warm for me. As you guys uh, had a, had a fun podcast, I, I did tune in and listen. It, w- it was a good time, but uh, appreciate you holding down the fort for me, bud. Yeah, man, Kyle was awesome, and we definitely have to get him on the show more often. So that's definitely on the to do the to do list. To do list. Yeah, and if you missed last week's episode, you guys talked about your dream teams, the guys that you're you're targeting uh going forward into 2021 so a lot of good takes in there uh (laughs) the daniel jones drinking game is going to be hot and heavy this season on probably both uh, across the whole network uh honestly but uh it it was a good time so if you guys missed that episode go back and check it out and of course check out everybody over at the dwz football network the dynasty war zone uh comes at you every single wednesday of course the ff smackdown here drops every tuesday on your favorite podcasting platform. So wherever you're listening to podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button. If you missed that episode last week with Kyle and Jake, because you're only subscribed to the FF SmackDown feed, well, you got to correct yourself because I'm 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 done reminding you guys <laughs> and posting it in two spaces. <laughs> correct yourself before you wreck yourself. You got to subscribe to the Dynasty War Zone. So be sure to do that if you're not already. Search Dynasty War Zone, hit subscribe. And not only this great show will be in your feed every single week, but all of the DWZ Football Network shows will be there, including the Dynasty Warzone tomorrow night uh, with Jerry and a special guest host, me. So if you want an extra dose of me, then go check it out. If you don't want an extra dose of me, just hit subscribe anyway so that we get that download. All right, just a favor. But, uh, oh, come on. The people can't get enough Kyle August. I, I, they might. They might. They might be like, ah, oh, damn it, he's back. We were hoping for Dr. Kyle again, but... Sorry to disappoint you guys. You know the people are excited to see you here, Kyle. (laughs) So before we get started on today's show, we're going to be covering our our first look at our 2021 rankings. We're going to be covering the quarterbacks and running backs today. This is a fun exercise. We're going to be doubling down with the wide receivers and tight end next week. All pre-NFL draft as the draft is less than a month away. So it's going to be a great month here on the Fantasy Football Smackdown. A couple reminders. One, if you like what you hear on this show or any of the other DWZ Football Network shows, 
Make sure to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, but especially Apple Podcasts. That's really what drives you know view, uh, listeners to the podcast. Uh, helps with that algorithm. So if you guys can help us out, leave a review. Let let Memphis know that the SmackDown's killing it. That you're tuning in to listen to Jake and myself. And also too, if you're uh, if you're a video person, you like what you want to see these two mugs right here. You can check us out on YouTube. Uh, the the network's trying to hit 500 subscribers. So hit that subscribe button, keep those notifications turned on. You'll be entered into the contest that Memphis is doing over on the War Zone. So you got to tune into them for the, all the details because it's it's Memphis's thing. But uh, we are proud members of the network, and we want to see these YouTube subscribers go up. So uh, yeah, man, if you keep those no- notifications on, you'll get to listen to the show live as we record every Monday night before the podcast drops on Tuesday morning. So, Jake, before we get started, what was your thoughts on the big news of Sam Darnold uh, heading to Carolina, man? The Panthers traded three picks, including a 2022 second rounder, to the Jets for Sam Darnold. Well, I mean, you love it for Sam Darnold, right? If you have Sam Darnold on your dynasty team, he all of a sudden goes from being worthless to worth something anyways. Uh, You know, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think anyone ever thought he was going to be the long-term option in Carolina. And um, we can all talk about Joe Brady's awesome offense. But, you know, when you have a guy like Teddy Bridgewater under center, your offense is going to play a little bit more conservative. It's going to be kind of capped. You're going to have a ceiling of Teddy Bridgewater's your guy. Um, and I think that's kind of why Teddy Bridgewater was so good when he was in New Orleans. Like he keeps the ball close to the line of scrimmage. It was a nice seamless transition to go from him to Drew Brees. So I think or from Drew Brees to him rather. Uh, but I think that's why he had a lot of success down there. But I don't think that's this Carolina team's identity. You know, they need uh, th- this offense rather needs a guy who is not afraid to chuck a ball deep to DJ Moore, running down the sideline, you know, cornerback uh, draped all over him. And Sam Darnold, man, he's he's one of those guys where he's not afraid to make those difficult throws. He's got a little bit of that uh, a case of that Ryan Fitzpatrick syndrome, you know. Uh, so I, I love this for DJ Moore in that sense. I think there's a lot of people you are kind of split into two camps right now because this news is very fresh. Uh, you either you're, you're taking the perspective of, OK, well, Adam Gase is the career killer. Look what happened to Ryan Tannehill when he went from Miami to Tennessee, when he was freed from from Adam Gase. Um, or you're on the other side where you think that that's all just narrative talk. And we've seen three years of Sam Darnold and he's been crap. So why are you getting excited about this quote unquote upgrade? But uh, on top of DJ Moore, he's already got a little bit of rapport with Robbie Anderson from back in New York. And this kid's just 23 years old, man. He's been in the league for three years. And to to just put it in simplest of terms, I think what Sam Darnold represents uh, for Carolina is just hope. You know, there is at least you you can hope that he is that uh, that 103 overall guy that just they could never get him to fire in New York because the uh, the situation just wasn't right around him. So. If that is the case, then he definitely doesn't have any excuses now going into this Carolina offense where he's going to be surrounded by more than one stud all around him. And he's he's going to be down in our rankings uh, probably more than likely. I, I didn't get a chance to adjust him where I was at um, yet, but you have. So we'll cover where you have him real quick before we dive into the rest of the quarterbacks. You have him ranked now as QB 22. So in a super flex league, that's going to be, you know, a low end. QB two option. Do you how, do you feel confident? Like as far as if we were tearing these guys out, do you feel confident with him as your your QB two? You know, with with some upside, or if you get him as your QB two in a super flex league, are you trying to be one of those first teams to grab a QB three? Yeah, because my, my whole strategy when I'm going after my quarterback two is I'm not looking for the ultra talented quarterback. Right, those guys are gone. What I want now is the best situation, the guys who have 
the best weapons all around him, guys. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Teams with bad defenses. Uh, you know, once the schedule comes out, you can start looking at things like that. But yeah, I, th- I think Sam Darnold fits into that category. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be eager to grab him. So he's probably going to fall, you know, he'll, he'll be down there as far as quarterbacks are tanking, mm-hmm. as far as quarterbacks are taking. You and I don't have him ranked very high right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's room for improvement, obviously. Who knows what Carolina does in the draft. But um, all in all, I, not the worst thing in the world if Sam Darnold is my quarterback, too. Yeah, you got to love the, you know, having Joe Brady as an OC. That's definitely anybody over Adam Gase is an upgrade, right? You know, and everyone's having a blast uh, with that narrative. And they, like you said, the Tannehill effect and all that. Like, I forget, I think it was uh, Heath Cummings uh, from CBS. Like, I thought it was him. So I, I don't remember now, but I think like he compared Bridgewater and Darnold's numbers. And you have to go check out uh, Heath's Twitter feed for all that info. But uh, it, it was funny because he pretty much made it an argument for Bridgewater over Darnold. And then the last tweet was like, but counterpoint, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker. Like it was just like, you know, anyone that got out from out, out of the thumb of Adam Gase and his crazy eyes, they've made jumps. So you got to love the improvement to Joe Brady as his OC. The weapons are good. A little bit of report with Robbie A, which I think people might forget about. Um, they did lose Curtis Samuel in the offseason. So we'll see what they do as far as that. You know, that secondary weapon, they don't really have a tight end to speak of, but they'll get getting Chris McCaffrey back this year. So get, nice weapons there for Darnold. Definitely the best that he's had in his career. Um, I, I had him in a, a super flex league that um, I was OK at QB. I had I have I lucked out. I got Herbert uh, and I have Baker, who I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you like. But uh, Darnold was my QB three and I and I got an offer from Memphis. He offered me a I think it was my own picks, actually. So that, that always stings even worse. But he offered me a late second, a late 2021 second, and then a 2022 second. And I passed a couple weeks ago. And at the time, I was like, I don't know. Like, as soon as I hit decline, I was like, damn it, I probably should have taken it. But now I feel a lot better about yeah. it anyway. And um, last note I, I got on this is uh, the Panthers, per reports, I've already picked up the fifth year option for Sam Darnold. So you got to cons- consider that at least a two year, um, you know, uh, audition, I guess, for yeah. Sam Darnold to, you know, get that extension down the line. But Obviously, Carolina felt they weren't going to get the quarterback that they wanted at eight. They didn't want to move up and they get to keep that pick and, you know, pick up Sam Darnold in the hopes that that 2022 second is a late one. And we will see. But, uh, yeah, I I like it for Darnold. I definitely see arrows up. And for fantasy, I think we've inherited another, you know, interesting QB because whoever lands in the Jets now, they're going to be the starter, right? They're not there's not going to be any, you know, lag time as far as them getting the, the opportunity. So. No, I, I think we kind of figured that was going to be the case anyway, right? <laughs> I don't think anyone figured Sam Darnold was going to stay or be the backup. You, know, um, you never, you never know with these. I mean, I've there's tons of there's situations where QBs are drafted high and they still roll with the incumbent for no reason. I mean, I'm <clears throat> Tyrod Taylor. Uh, literally, someone had to stab his heart out for some, you know, for <laughs> Justin Herbert to get a freaking opportunity. So I don't know, but uh, it is what it is. And, I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth on that because sometimes I'll be like, well, don't hold it against the guy that he didn't get to start right away because, you know, these guys should get development time. And then the other end, I'm like, screw it, throw him in there. Look, man, it's whatever fits the narrative at the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, all right, uh, let's let's dive into some rankings here. We got uh, quarterbacks and running backs on today's show. And <laughs> Jake, you and I were talking before the show, especially these quarterback rankings. Now, I'll preface it with this. Um, Jake and I did our rankings completely separate. And then we literally just sent it to each other like 20 minutes before the show, you know, because I like doing it that way. We can have live reaction on the show. have this open discussion. Um, but when we paired these up, 
there weren't too many that were extremely different. So we're going to highlight some of the differences or why we think that, you know, our position is right. But how did you feel overall, you know, taking the taking your first stab at 2021 rankings from a redraft perspective, just focusing on this season, when you looked at the QB position as you're going through it, like, how did you feel? Are you feeling like this is pretty deep, confident, you know, or, or, or is there a strategy that you're thinking already? Like, man, I'm going to try to go after this tier. What, what was your thoughts on the position? It's a little bit of an adjustment, man. I, we talked about it a little bit before we jumped on, but going from the dynasty rankings, which we've been doing since, you know, whatever, January, uh, now trying to switch into redraft mode where, you know, now we can like discount, you know, when I'm going through these players, typically when I'm doing my rankings, I'm looking at the guy and I'm thinking, okay, what's this situation going to be like uh, for the next two years? He's, th- he's this, he's 30 years old now. He'll be 31, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, you could throw all that all out the window now. Now we're just focusing on six or 17 games corrected. Oh, yeah. We're focusing on 17 games. I'm, I'm sure that's not going to be the first time I'm going to do that this no. season. Um, but I'm going to be honest. I lost my train of thought there. Oh, thoughts on uh, just the position as a whole, as you were going through ranking these guys for 2021. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's not going to be that different as far all we're doing is we're, you know, discounting age. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise everything is pretty straightforward. I mean, I, I got nothing else on that, man. Yeah. I, I think as I was going through this, you know, the things that we've really talked about on this show and many others have touched on for sure too. Like, I was definitely, I think, more intentionally weighing the rushing upside more than I have in years past. You know, um, you know, Aaron, and Aaron Rodgers last season was an absolute monster, right? Just under 50 touchdowns, um, crazy touchdown percentage. His attempts were not at the point where you would expect, you know, 45-plus touchdowns, you know. So he had an amazing season. Devontae Adams obviously played a big part in that as well, despite them not adding any weapons offensively, right? But – other than that, when you look at the guys that are difference makers on a week in a week out basis, right, you're going to have, you know, what I'm probably consistently going to call like the Kirk Cousins line, right? Like Kirk Cousins is always going to finish as like QB 12. He's going to play every game yeah. and he's going to he's going to throw 26 to 28 touchdowns most years and put up 4000 yards. And that will be boring as hell if you play him every single week. You're not going to win weeks because of Kirk Cousins, right? You and I think sometimes what people get caught up in a little bit as well is when you rank these guys, you can do so with the idea that they're, I'm going to start with this guy, right? I'm going to pair him with someone else. I'm not, I'm not drafting this guy and it's not best, ball. I'm not just drafting one QB and leaving and he's my guy forever. Right. We're going to stream these quarterbacks. There's going to be guys that emerge um, that you're going to swap these guys in and out with. So when you're not spending the, you know, top six, seven round draft capital on a guy, you know that, hey, you know, this is my starter to start, <laughs> but he's not my guy all season long. So those were the two things that I kind of took out of this. And and there's, for me, definitely, like, there's the haves and the have-nots uh, as far as the rushing yards and the guys that I'm going to try to target. You know, if I'm spending a pick that's not my last round pick or, you know, second to last round pick, you know, they better have some rushing upside. And if they don't, you know, that's fine. I'll just live in the, you know, in the statues of quarterbacks and that'll be all right. But Let's let's take a look at uh, these QB rankings. I'll just go through them in a group, so we won't like touch on every single guy um, yeah. on here. But uh, these guys were inside our top four. Patrick Mahomes was our consensus one between two of us. I guess that still makes some consensus. Uh, and then it went in some order. Uh, it went Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and Dak Prescott. So uh, how it actually worked out, you and I both had Prescott at three, but I had Josh Allen at two. You had Kyler Murray at two. 
And then we had a, we had the opposite player fourth. So uh, I looked, I did take a look ahead of this too, after I made my rankings, uh, the consensus right now over at fantasy pros does have Josh Allen as QB two, which is where I'm at as of right now. But uh, I, I think you, you guys will come around. Yeah, I, we'll get there. So convince us, Jake, why is Kyler Murray QB two? If we're going to pay up uh, for the, uh, what is he now? 30, 30 year quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. He's five, he's five, seven and he's a quarterback for the Cardinals. Why do you love him? The appeal is the same. <laughs> the, the appeal is mostly the same with with Kyler Murray and Josh Allen in the sense that like we love them because of their rushing production, right? Um, I wasn't I wouldn't have been able to say this last year, but they're both good passers. They're both good on the ground. Um, I, I think that I'm, I just have more faith that Kyler Murray can repeat that year in and year out, or just at least you know, we're talking seasonal, just for twenty twenty one. Um, it, man, the Josh Allen haters are going to come after me here, but I'm just, I hate to say I'm not sold, but I'd love to see more than one season of production, especially since we're going from completing 58% of passes to all of a sudden, almost 70% of passes. And, and listen, I do have a theory here as to what's going on and it's going to blow your mind. So hang on here. I'm having a lot right. of things in my Twitter DMS, but listen. A quarterback like Josh Allen is seeing that incredible increase in his completion percentage. I don't think it was the addition of Stephon Diggs. But what if Josh Allen is one of those guys who just cannot handle the pressure of playing in front of a capacity crowd in an NFL stadium? Oh, my gosh. Listen, (laughs) listen, I'm just throwing shit at the wall here. But... Let's not roll out the very real possibility that playing in front of empty stadiums in 2020 allowed Josh Allen to find his zone and become a more accurate passer since he didn't have the crowd factor in front of him. Tell me that's crazy, Kyle. I, I mean, I guess we won't know. We've no, we have no historical data to prove whether quarterbacks' performances increase when they play in, the, in front of no one. Uh, but <laughs> you cannot tell me it's easier. It's got to be. E- I listen. I'm not a quarterback, but I imagine it's easier to complete passes when mm. you don't have seventy thousand people booing you uh, than than you know the other way around. So uh, listen, I'm I'm not out on Josh Allen, obviously by any means. I yeah. still have, I'm on the bandwagon. I've got him at number four. But if it's between him and Kyler Murray, I just think it's a lot more safe to go with Kyler. And I'm not this dead serious on this theory. I'm just pitching. Listen, I got a lot more. I, I just love Kyler uh, more than Josh Allen. But I'm just saying, if that comes to fruition, you heard it here first. I would love to know. And I don't even know if you could do this because if like on the broadcast or stuff, like it, it was all piped in, you know, half the time and all. It was horrible, obviously. Uh, but I would love to know, like, if there is somebody out there that knows the amount of like at the line adjustments that quarterbacks made and like what, you know, versus previous their previous years or whatever, because you're obviously were able to make those adjustments a lot easier, uh, whether it be, you know, the, uh, the Jared Goff way where Sean McVay is sitting on his shoulder uh, or obviously just the, you know, quarterbacks are able to make those calls at the line of scrimmage and do so a lot easier without, you know, like you said, 70,000 people. Come on over to the dark side. (laughs) There you go. As I'm, as I'm shooting gasoline all over that hot take fire of Jake over there. uh, (laughs) I don't know if I'm with you on that, but it's, it's fun to think, to think about nonetheless. Um, The thing, the thing that I had Murray at four and I love Kyler Murray, right? Uh, The only thing as a Kyler Murray owner last year in some leagues is you felt it at the second half of last season after he was injured. Um, sure. Those numbers were crazy. So here, here's what they broke down to. 
Um, and I took out week 17 because he barely played. Uh, so the first nine games, he averaged 29 points per game, which is freaking unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes MVP 2018, he scored, he was scoring 26 points per game. So Kyler Murray over nine games was 29 points per game. He averaged 67 rushing yards per game and he had 10 rushing touchdowns. Unfreaking believable. Like he was QB one and it wasn't even close. The last six games after he got injured, he was only averaging 18.6 points per game, which isn't bad, but that's obviously almost 10 points. That is 10 points less. He only had 35 rushing yards a game and only one rushing touchdown. Those rushing touchdowns, obviously, I think were unsustainable as they were. It was going to come back. But, you know, when any of these guys that's, um, you know, when you're talking about guys that that are severely tied to their rushing performance, like I think Kyler is a little bit, not as much as Lamar, but I think he is one of those guys like, he, Kyler can still be productive, but he can't be that fantasy at you know ultra stud if he doesn't run the ball. You know, you look at somebody like Patrick Mahomes uh, or Russell Wilson, even Deshaun Watson. Those guys don't rush for eight, nine hundred yards, right? They rush for four to five, and as long as they can get close to that, the rest of their numbers are going to carry them to the production that they need. So that that's the only thing that you know. I think Josh Allen has it in him to to put up the similar passing numbers to what we saw last year. He's not an extreme rush yards guy. He, you know, he's definitely a rushing touchdowns guy. We've seen that though three straight years. So you got to nitpick a, a little, if you're going to spend the pick on those guys, I don't think that Jake and I would recommend doing that one QB leagues. Um, but it, but uh, in super flex, you know, you gotta, you gotta pick your poison, I guess, you know, at, at the top of the board at quarterback. So tell me, um, tell me this Kyle, before we jump out of this tier, yep. so the, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, let's say something bizarre happens and Kyle Pitts makes it to pick 10. I don't think I, 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 I mean, I'm sure Jerry Jones pulls the trigger because he's one of those guys who understands the golden role of drafts, which pertains to both NFL drafting and fantasy football drafting, which is you take the best player available on the board. Yeah, I dude, I think he would do it. And then, like, I'd have a very hard time not calling Dak Prescott QB, two. Would you mm -hmm. agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I consider putting him there anyway. I mean, yeah. he was QB two in that's 2019. Enough, that's, enough, that's enough to move the needle for me, though. Oh, I, I mean, and the other thing that how Jerry Jones treats uh, the NFL draft apparently is just giving the big double birds the defense because the dude refuses to provide any resources that side of the ball. Which is and also then, fantastic for Dak fantasy numbers. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I listen to a lot of Cowboy, like not a lot, but I listen to Cowboys podcasts and draft podcasts, and they're like, if Pitts is here, I'm like, yeah, dunk it. Like, why not? Like, the dude's an absolute freaking monster, you know, of a, you know, talent. Why wouldn't you like whatever, you know, just add one more weapon to the arsenal. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think all these guys are studs. They're in that first tier for me, you know, no questions asked. Uh, let's roll through these next. Uh, I'll put these three guys together. Uh, Russell Wilson. We both, we both have at six Lamar Jackson. You have at five. I have at seven. And then Deshaun Watson. I have at five. You have him at nine. This is actually the guy that we differ the most on in our, in our top 12. So, um, who from that group interests you the most? You're, you're a little bit further down on Watson. So what's your what's your thoughts on these guys? Yeah, when I did these rankings, I tried to use a lot of like uh, what like the current situation is. So like if Deshaun Watson was playing this year for the Texans, which is an assumption at this point, we don't know if he's playing uh, in Houston, if he's playing in the NFL this year, there's still a lot up in the air. Um, but Deshaun Watson's in the spot now where you know, I was worried when they took away New Hopkins from him, and then he shoved that right down my throat in 2020 and had an, an incredible season. Uh, so it's hard to play the narrative of, okay, now Will Fuller's gone. But really, I mean, you zoom out, and what's left in that offense besides Brandon Cooks and, like, 
four mediocre running backs. It's, mm-hmm. it's just not the, not the best situation for him to be around. And as far as talent goes, he's a top what top three quarterback I'd say in the league from a talent perspective. Um, but these other guys in front of him, I think I just have more confidence in the rushing ability of Lamar. He's going to be a slam dunk top eight quarterback probably for the next five years, something mm-hmm. like that. Russell Wilson, I think he's as safe as it gets. Justin Herbert looks like an animal. Aaron Rodgers was ridiculous last year. Uh, so it's not really a knock so much on Deshaun Watson as much as it is just a testament to these other guys above him being animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, and I did really consider like the loss of Will Fuller, and, and I ranked him fifth. Deshaun Watson, I ranked fifth, and you know it is a point that I really struggled with that kept him out of that top tier of four for me. Um, you know, I it was funny, like. And maybe it's just from Dynasty because he is getting there. He's 32, I believe now. But like Russell Wilson is somebody that I, I've seen a lot of people hating on. Um, and besides the fact that he's kind of apparently a weirdo, um, 40 passing touchdowns last year, second most in the league, 30 or more, 30 or more passing touchdowns, five of the last six years. And the dude runs. Like he'll he'll get you your 400 pa- rushing yards. Like so Wilson to me is just like so safe. He never missed his time. And he was the one I was really debating with Watson. And I, and I think Watson losing weapons. And the other thing is, after you know, we're doing all of these are pre NFL draft rankings. Watson's got what he's got. He's not getting anyone else of significance on that roster because they don't have any draft capital. So what are they going to do? Um, you know, and so unless he is shipped out of town and is playing somewhere else, and all this other stuff just actually goes away, um, he, you know, there's a lot. Of, there are more question marks than I think people realize. And that was my, what my initial thought was. So I still put him at five, but he's definitely the guy that I've been was looking at. Like, man, maybe, maybe I do shift down a few spots and have him a little bit closer where you have him. Um, you, you mentioned Herbert and Rogers. We both had him ranked back to back. I have him eight and nine. You have him seven and eight. Um, Herbert's obviously, you know, was a monster rookie year. Set the set the world on fire with the most passing touchdowns by a rookie QB. And Rogers led the league with forty eight passing touchdowns. Um, what, what was your what was your thought process on that? Because to me, that's kind of like the end of that tier. Um, you kind of get into some upside guys. Like what what would what would give Herbert the edge over Rodgers for you? First of all, you're right. That is absolute. I mean, and not only is it the end of a tier, I think it's like an enormous drop. And you have Deshaun Watson right above there, so I would mm-hmm. put the line right after Deshaun Watson. But then mm-hmm. you're right. That's where we go from the super safe guys with a super high ceiling to now we're taking taking some chances on some guys. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers, um, did, I'm sorry, I, I don't have the rankings in front of me right now. Do you have, have Herbert in front of Rodgers? Yeah, I, I do. I have Herbert uh, one spot ahead, just like, yeah, as do you. I think it's an upside thing, man. For this guy to come out and do what he did as a rookie, um, I I mean, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. And then Aaron Rodgers, it just feels like uh, some regression's coming. I'm not going to say to the point of he's going to tank. I mean, I got him here as my quarterback eight. And and, and be real here, I'm nitpicking big time because we're talking about the guys seven and eight. But um, you could say you were taking Rodgers in front of Justin Herbert, and you won't hear me argue either way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think with Herbert, I love the new OC came through there. He's like, we're going to build this offense around Justin Herbert. And I looked I'm like Herbert was fourth in pass attempts last year. And he didn't even play. Every, he, he played 15 games like, yeah. All right. You're going to build it more around him. Like, that sounds good to me. So I, I like the upside with Herbert. I think there's a little bit more room there. I think Rogers, the touchdown percentage was the highest in the league. Um, I think the FU juice can only run so long. Right. Like eventually. Yeah. He's going to get sick of this. This is the fact that Green Bay isn't giving him weapons. Because he's, he's just going to quit the team and go host Jeopardy full time. 
Exactly. I mean, and you can do that until you're 80. So, yes. you know, and there's no question that where your future stands. So he's already been bringing these up and dropping these little things like he does. And, you know, and the franchise is kind of just letting it roll off their back. And so we'll, we'll see, but I, you know, Rogers is still, he's that end of that tier for me, but he's, he's probably safe. He's going to be at nine probably forever um, this off season, just because that's where the tier ends. And he just doesn't give you the rushing production. So he's the only guy really in that, in that entire group. I mean, Herbert even gives you um, enough, you know, that you should feel pretty confident. So that takes us to eight or nine in our rankings. I guess nine total if, if we throw Watson in there. So then the tier drops. And then there's two guys that we ha- we both have ranked 10 and 11 flip-flops, but it doesn't matter. They're right next to each other. It's Daniel Jones, drink, and Jalen Hurts, which I knew that you were going to be on the Jalen Hurts train. And the more and more I looked at it, like I said, I'm putting a, I'm leaning the scale on that scale for uh, quarterback rushing yards. So, uh, why are Daniel Jones and just and Jalen Hurts in your top 10, Jake? Or 12, sorry. I'm telling you, man, I put together these rankings. I thought for sure that was going to be where we were going to mesh right there. You were going to hit this point and be like, oh my gosh, Jake, what are you doing with these guys up here? No, but uh, I am, I'm very much a Jalen Hurts believer at this point. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for the caliber of play that he was providing, like, uh, despite the terrible circumstances he had coming into the league with the difficult matchups and just the the weak uh, the weak talent surrounding him, um, but uh, the, the Eagles just moved back. That kind of clears up any quarterback uncertainty, or at least it does for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I still thought even when they had that six pick that they would be uh, spending it on a playmaker. I thought maybe that that you could sneak out a Jamar Chase or a Kyle Pitts with that pick, but. Um, and I think now they're sitting back at 12. Yeah. And I, I still think they come away with another weapon for Jalen Hurts out of that. Uh, it, it is a little disappointing, though. It's, there's not going to be a Jamar Chase or a Kyle Pitts, one of these big body wide receivers. It's more likely going to be a Devonta Smith or a Jalen Waddle, who mm-hmm. are both awesome and they could both be superstars in the league. But, um, and I don't claim to be a film scout or anything or, or know enough about, uh, about how a wide receiver pairings go together, but I think it could do nothing but good things for Jalen Rager to get a big body wide receiver in there. And I just feel like they're going to double down and uh, we're going to have like a Jalen Rager and a Devonte Smith running out there, which isn't the worst thing in the world, to be honest right. with you. Both of those guys are playmakers, but um, I don't know. I would have liked to see who they could have, could have came away with, with that six pick either way, Jalen hurts, man. He's, I, th- I think he's going to shock some people this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, people are just uncertain that he was going to be the starter. And now it seems very certain that he is going to be the guy going forward. Yeah. And, and I think you're right on the fact that them moving out of six cost them that Uber elite guy at the, at a, you know, as a pass catcher, I think they will, you know, with the teams that are in front, I believe the, I forget who picks 11. Now it might be the giants. Um, but I, I believe that the teams that are picking right in front of them too, like there's teams like Atlanta, Cincinnati, Dallas, um, you know, we'll see what, we'll see what Carolina does, but you know, I think believe the giants are just in front of them now. Like those are teams that aren't really probably going to spend, like maybe one of those teams will take a wide receiver, but they could just be sitting there with their, their choice of the, the number two receiver off the board. I mean, that's right about where rugs went last year. So uh, yeah. chase is going to go in the top 10. It doesn't matter. Like someone will go get him uh, if they really wanted him, if those teams are looking to back out of there, but Um, you know, the only other option really, I guess would be Detroit and there's rumors that they're trying to move out too. So, so we'll see. So they're going to be in a good spot to grab a pass catcher there. So I like that for Hertz and, and we'll see how that goes. I looked at it. He's had four starts. He had two 300 yard passing games, solid 
five passing touchdowns, averaged 68 rushing yards per game. Remember earlier I was talking about Kyler Murray and his run at the, his first nine games. He was averaging 67 yards per game. So oh, there's that extra point one yep. in your face. Jalen Hurts uh, is going to be a top 12 quarterback as long as he's out there as a starter. So I, I dig it, and uh, I'm with you on that. I think I came around because you were you were you were waving the Jalen Hurts flag as, as early on, and as as I was, we were all the rest of Dynasty Twitter were hiding. Right? We're like, well, we're not sure the sixth pick, sixth pick, and now it's gone and. You know, if you have hurts, you're feeling pretty damn good about 2021. So uh, any quick thoughts on Daniel Jones before we move into the kind of this next year, I guess, or this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He uh, in Kyle, Kyle Balzer and I talked about him a little bit last week, but this you the, did. That's so weird. <laughs> it feels like the Giants offense, like there's, there's still not getting that respect or that admiration for the, like the, the ascending offense that they are. Uh, meanwhile, Jones is going to be surrounded by the best, arguably the best running back in the league in the Saquon. And I'll forget, I'll remind those who have forgotten one of the better wide receivers in the league in Kenny Galladay. Uh, and even the supporting cast in, in, in uh, New York is pretty solid. Starling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. They're great as a supporting cast, not so great as featured actors on the team, but uh, they, they make for, for solid background guys. Uh, but and, and Kyle even brought up the value of Daniel Jones as a rusher, and you spoke to it a minute ago about how all you really need is a very attainable 40 rushing yards from Daniel Jones, and then you practically have a bonus touchdown out of him as far as fantasy points are concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit that 40 rush yard threshold five times last season, so um, I'm, I'm very optimistic about Danny Dimes, and I'll actually be surprised if he doesn't sneak into that low-end wide receiver area. And we'll have to, and I still got to figure out as far as I how. Call, hold on. I just called him a wide receiver. You did. That's all right. Let, I got me, run, let me run that back real quick. <laughs> I would be very surprised if Daniel Jones didn't sneak into that low end QB one area. Holy go. crap. Jake. There you go. Jake, Jake's trying to, to stir up more position questions, you know, as far Ooh. as eligibility goes. I always love those. Uh, big, big uh, Lim Bowden fan or whatever the hell, you know, so yeah. Uh, 416 rush yard pace, uh, for Daniel Jones. If you look at his career rushing yards over his career games, uh, that was more than Deshaun Watson, um, had last year. Uh, I didn't, I believe, um, so he he was right there, you know, so not too far off, um, as far as Daniel Jones rushing ability, which is awesome. You know, that's, that's sneaky. Uh, you're not gonna have to pay the price for him because he threw what 11 freaking touchdowns last year. And he, they added a great weapon, and they're at bringing Saquon, obviously, back uh, into the fold. So got to love it. Uh, if you want to take the shot on Daniel Jones, I think it's going to be a hot sleeper name this year. So as long as the price tag's solid, he's going to be on a lot of my teams because um, hopefully the name recognition of this next group will take over, yeah. uh, and that is the statue quarterbacks, the guys that will not move. They will provide you zero rushing yards, but they have the ability to put up big passing touchdown numbers. So – uh, we actually have these guys all in a row, 12 through 14. Um, and these gentlemen are Matthew Stafford in his new home uh, with those puke gray Rams jerseys, Tom Brady with all his rings, and Matty Ice, Matt Ryan comes in at 14. So 12, 13, 14, Stafford, Brady, and Matt Ryan. Um, how how you feel? This uh, this is technically Matthew Stafford is number 12, so he's on the edge of your QB1. Like, how, how are you feeling about these guys? Are these guys that you're looking to target? You're okay with it as a starter? Or you're just like, eh, whoever's left laying around, I'll take the last guy. Real quick, let me just say, I'm not sure puke gray is a color. <laughs> I've, I've never seen that paint swatch at Home Depot. <laughs> well, wrong. 
I'm sure. So, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure there's some listeners out there that came up with some uh, beverage concoction that <laughs> resulted in puke gray. But uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it's, I'm, uh, I'm probably not. I'm probably not going to have a lot of either of these three guys because I think a lot of people are going to overvalue these three guys in drafts. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of optimism surrounding Matthew Stafford, and people are going to be love the allure of throwing to Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. We saw what Brady did last year. Matt Ryan, he's another one of those guys who, you know, I threw out the hypothetical, what if Dak Prescott gets Kyle Pitts? Well, that's a really real possibility with the Falcons. The more mock drafts I check out, the more people have uh, Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. So then if that happens, now we're looking at an offense with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts. And I think you could put Andy Dalton back behind that offense, and he he put up MVP numbers. So, I I mean... Would you know? I said before, would Kyle Pitts be enough to move Dak Prescott up the rankings? Would he be enough for you to move Matt Ryan up? Because if I'm being honest, I think that elevates the offense so much that I would have such a hard time not putting him above Matt Stafford, at least. Probably Daniel Jones, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it would probably move him to the top of this tier. For me, this is a tier. It's Stafford, Brady, yeah. Ryan. And they're behind Jones and Hurts because of the upside. I think there is a better than 50% possibility that all three of these guys finish better than Hertz or Jones, right? But I would rather take the chance on one of those guys with the rushing upside. As far as adding Pitts to the Falcons offense, for me, it would, I mean, it'd be more exciting for sure to have one more added weapon to what already is two stud receivers for Matty Ice, but I still think he would be um, behind those two. He would be at the top of this tier, but behind those two guys. Um, Maybe that's just uh salty Matt Ryan owner because my god the dude was so freaking frustrating to own last year and I went back and double checked just to make sure um but he he led the league in pass attempts that's great right he had six games six under 14 fantasy points yikes holy crap that kills you that's not that that and and the reason for that no rushing yards, no floor. You get 20 yards a game rushing. Those t- those turn into, you know, instead of 14, it's 16, right? Okay, I can live with that. Okay, instead of 13, it's like that. You can live with that, you know, two to three points rushing, and it, it builds a little bit of a floor. Matt Ryan doesn't do that at all. And the ups and downs that he had last year were just crazy. The defense couldn't have been any worse um, than it was. So I hope that they're still slinging it around. Um, I hope Arthur Smith brings some of that magic to Atlanta. And I'll take Matt Ryan if he's the last guy in this tier hanging around. He'll, he can be my starter to start the year, but I am maybe yeah, pairing him with somebody else. But Let's not forget, too, this Julio Jones guy is very, 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 very good. And we're not playing Dynasty right now. So, um, I, I mean, I'm talking – when I say very, very, very good, I'm still talking top five receiver in this league very good. Like Julio Jones, if he's going to – yeah, if he's going to stay active, which is a big if – uh, that's an, that's enormous for Matt Ryan on top of what Calvin Ridley's becoming in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, Matt Ryan wouldn't Matt Ryan would be a nice QB too. All right. Well, you heard it here. Uh, Jake's, uh, you can tune in next week for the full list, but Jake's wide receiver rankings, a little bit of a preview. It's a uh, CD lamb, CD lamb, CD lamb, CD lamb, Julio Jones. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, that's, that's kind of the tier for me right there. And that's, you know, those are guys that I'm okay with as my starter. I'm not super excited about it. I want to drop this because I spent a lot of time researching this. So, I mean, I might as well use it. 40 touchdowns last year from Tom Brady. Didn't have to research that. That was pretty easy to find. But he had seven games against defenses in the top third 
of the NFL. And that's what happens sometimes when you play the NFC North last year and you play the Saints twice. So he had seven games against defenses that were in the top third. So these are good defenses, right? He averaged 14 fantasy points per game. Oof, seven games, 14 fantasy points per game. That's not great. He had, and I only had 11 passing touchdowns in those games out of 40. So not wonderful, right? He had six games versus bottom third in the league. Again, playing Atlanta is great. He played Detroit in those in the championship week, had awesome games, right? In those six games against the bottom third of the league, he averaged 29 points per game with 22 passing touchdowns. So more than half of his touchdowns came in those six games against the horrendous defenses. What that tells me is I'm fine t- pairing Tom Brady with somebody else, but yeah. he, he's a he, he's a QB, BBBBBC for me because I can't roll Tom Brady out there every week. He's going to have tough matchups, and he didn't show up in big spots in the regular season last year. So uh, when you see that 40 touchdown number, that's great, but he definitely, you play the matchups with Tom Brady. So uh, there's that. You can you can use that and press your friends. And, I uh, love that stat. Yeah. Now you're playing a very dangerous game when you get into the playing your matchups thing with your <laughs> quarterback because i for one and maybe it's just a luck thing suck at that it doesn't well, matter that. it doesn't matter how obvious the matchup looks tom brady going up against the shittiest defense i'll go in and play him and he'll suck and i'll just but, blow your stat to pieces you must have you must own matt ryan in a lot of like, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it, and that's a it, it is a little bit dangerous because the reason those teams are bottom third is because they face tom brady but yeah there were point. some really bad defense that he faced especially down the i looked at it he played Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta, the last three games of the NFL season. I was like, that's ten, that was 10 touchdowns right there. I'm like, geez, dude. So anyway, all right, mo- moving through. I'll just kind of roll through this top 20 and then just let me know if there's anybody jumps out to you. But on av- these were our averages. So this was 15 through 20. Uh, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill way down here outside of the top 15. That might be a surprise to people. Ben Roethlisberger. Baker Mayfield, I was surprised that you and I both had him at 19, and Carson Wentz, the new Indianapolis Colt at 20. Um, if you had a, do you if you have do you have a favorite? You know, I know where, uh, as far as ranking, you've had one guy the highest, but like, is there a guy that you're targeting from that group? That I'm targeting from that group, I'd like to come away with Joe Burrow. It's just that you know the reason he's so far down this list right now is there's the uncertainty of if he'll be ready or not for Week One of the se- of the regular season, um, and, and then. It, what comes along with that is now he doesn't have a full training camp. So I don't know, just those little things push Joe Burrow down, but I still love him for this season. Mm-hmm. You spoke to Kirk Cousins a little bit ago. I, I looked at his, his uh, last three seasons with Minnesota, QB 12, QB 13, QB 11. <laughs> I mean, he's solid, dude. He's consistent. He's a low-end QB 1 and a run-first offense. That's exactly what it is, but it's hard to bury him any lower on this list just because he keeps proving himself to be in that tier. Yeah. Um, Ryan Tannehill was a guy that I was surprised you had as low as I had on here. Actually, maybe I shouldn't be because I think you might have you, you might have blacklisted him if I, I blacklisted him. Yep. I thought so. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm concerned about the loss of Arthur Smith, but also uh, Johnu Smith and Corey Davis both lost in free agency. You know, there's just a, there's a lot of changing variables right now around Ryan Tannehill and the whole Tennessee offense. And if they don't add, well, I mean, let's be real. They have to add another weapon. They have to go out and they have to do something in the, in the draft to, yeah. to give Tannehill something. Cause right now it's uh, AJ Brown and Anthony Ferkser. And I just don't know how successful Tannehill can be uh, as a passer with just those guys that throw the ball to um, Baker. I mean, I, I, I felt optimistic about him before, but I've got him here at 19. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. K- Carson Wentz, I think he's just got a wide range of outcomes, man. I think he could be the worst quarterback in the league. I think he could finish in the top 10. 
-hmm. and I wouldn't be extremely shocked with either. It's just the, the whole Indianapolis team, I think, right now is a wild card, and Carson Wentz is a wild card. Yeah, there's, def there's definitely some interesting names out here. We'll take a look um, uh, as far as like how the early season matchups you know, play out. If there's a guy you want to target because he has a good couple weeks, you can start him off You know, as far as streaming, roll with him. Burrow is the name that jumps out to me as well. He was going to lead the league in pass attempts uh, before the injury. Um, and he has he has good weapons there with T. Higgins and and Boyd and yeah. and Mixon. So it's gonna be uh it, it's interesting in that group, you know. Uh, I don't know that there's anybody there that like has the rushing upside to leapfrog uh the the old timers, right? But um it, it's it's those are the names you're looking at if you wait that long in the draft and teams start taking two QBs or if you're looking in two QB leagues. So all right, uh let's roll into the running backs here. We yeah. we spent a lot of time on QB, so let's roll into the into the running backs here and we both have Christian McCaffrey at one. That's pretty simple. And our top 10 is pretty close. I think we kind of have the same guys in, in a different order, but um, a lot of these guys are similar in the top 10. But uh, before we jump into the actual names, kind of what was your thoughts as you were going through this position? Um, how did you feel taking your first look at 2021 rankings at the running backs position? This one wasn't so off from uh, dynasty rankings for me because running backs, they just have such a, 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 well, on top of having a short shelf life from year to year, their situation is just so easy to change. But, you know, so, so we already know going into this season pretty much, and especially this first chunk of guys, what we're getting out of them. Um, I, I'm looking for guys with past catch, catching upside. It's kind of the opposite of how, you know, you said with quarterbacks, there's kind of more of an emphasis on their rushing upside. If I can get those extra points from uh, these guys catching the ball, I'm all about that. And that, that'll put them up to the uh, top of the list real quick. All right. Well, there's, there are a few names here. Unlike the quarterback's position, there were a few names that we differed on. So I wanted to kind of pair those together, but my thoughts on this position as a whole was like, damn, I really want a late first rounder. <laughs> like I, like if I got the 101, pow, Chris McCaffrey. If I got the 102, ugh, God, like I don't know. Like I, I don't. I have Derrick Henry as my RB two because it's half PPR. I don't love it. Like I'm not in love with any of these guys as the as the consensus two or three or four. Like honestly, like I was looking at it, it was like anybody in my top, you know, eight to ten. I was like, you just roll the dice and whatever comes up, you just pick that guy. Like you know. So I'd love to pick late. You know, I usually like picking late anyway because. Uh, you know, usually that means you had a good season the year before, but uh, you can double up and get that early second round guy and you feel pretty good. So if I can grab one of these, you know, one of these top 10 or two of these top 10 would be great, but one of these top 10 and one of the higher end uh, RB2s in my rankings, then I love the, that start to my team. So I, it just, it felt weird to me that there was no guy like in, in prior years, I was like, man, no doubt about it. This guy's the two, this guy's three. And then, you know, maybe, maybe a few question marks after that, but this year, I, at least as of right now, I'm, I'm a little you know, unsure. Even, even with Christian McCaffrey, like I'll I'll get a little more hate for saying this, but we <laughs> <The> all crowd <laughs> we do this thing where we get Christian McCaffrey's name and we do what you just did and we say, okay, RB one. Now let's do the rest of the list. Now there's a little bit of context going, you know. Does so this Sam Darnold thing doesn't move the needle for you at all? Like there's no question about what his skill set is and what he can do, but. I mean, things are changing a little bit around McCaffrey. This isn't the Cam Newton dink and dunk offense anymore with Ron Rivera. So um, nothing. It's just locked in. Can't change your mind. Christian McCaffrey, you shouldn't take anyone else, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so the, and the thing is, because I think McCaffrey, his production was so – is his ceiling Stupid. is so much higher. He could take a 70 – he could take a 25% step back, and he's still the best. Like, you know, 
So I'll, I'm I'm going to go with that. But uh, anyway, so let I'm going to roll through the top ten, and then I do want to touch on two pairings that we actually have kind of flip flopped. Um, actually, so on our top ten consensus between two of us is Chris McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Alan Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb. That's the top ten. So the two pairings I want to touch on are. Derrick Henry versus Dalvin Cook. I have Derrick Henry at two. Uh, you have him at six. I have Dalvin Cook at seven, and you have Dalvin Cook at three. So we're four spots apart on these guys. So what gives Cook the edge over Derrick Henry, in your opinion, Jake? It's the same reason that I kind of buried Ryan Tannehill in my rankings. It's just the uncertainty in Tennessee. There's not. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I can be, and I sometimes am. <laughs> but it, uh, nothing's really, not, not, not much is changing for Dalvin Cook's situation, right? Is he coming? Uh, is he walking into practically the same situation? Because right now, with this whole thing that's going on with Tennessee, it it worries me, man. I don't know how they're going to run that offense. Is Derrick Henry st- still? I guess he's still going to get the ball a hundred times a game because by necessity they have to. There's no one to throw the ball to. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think Dalvin Cook is just so. It's he's such an easy pick for me, and I don't have to. I feel like I don't have to think twice with him. Yeah. The no, a little uh, and. You know, we're still early on. It's it's beginning in April. He a little bit of offensive line movement for Minnesota, but their offensive line wasn't spectacular anyway. Um, and other than that, uh, no, actually they, they were bad too, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. And I know. I think I'm pretty sure Riley Reef moved up. They moved on from him, uh, and and Kyle Rudolph being cut. But there you go. So whether he's contributed, you know, I know Irv Smith hasn't been touted as a a good blocker coming out. You know, he's been in the league long enough. Maybe he's established that skill enough. Maybe they just don't use him on the high percentage of snaps so that it helps cook out in the, in as far as run blocking goes, but I, I hear you on cook. I, I like him fine. Um, and obviously the touchdown numbers were spectacular last year. I think just the thing with me, and I don't like to throw this out there because I feel like this just creates, you can argue it all day long, but I do feel just from watching the game, I owned Dalvin cook and my God, the dude would leave every game. Like the guy was always hobbled by something and then they have to drag him off the field. And then all of a sudden he's Paul Pearson it up on the sidelines, juking, you know, ghosts. I'm like, what the hell? And now he's back in the game and, you know, and, and fantasy Twitter is now crashed and burned three times because they think that, you know, Alexander Madison is going to be a thing again, you know? So I, for me with cook, I do think he, you know, he's an RB one for sure. And he's in that tier for me as, you know, the non McCaffrey elites. Um, I just prefer, uh, you know, the secure workload of Derrick Henry, who just doesn't miss time. Um, you know, Kamara is a big question mark. We'll get to in, into him in a moment. And for me, the big one is, always comes down to is Zeke. Um, and, I, and I think Zeke's in for a big bounce back here with an improve, with a healthy offensive line and Dak Prescott back. And Zeke catches passes too. So you got to love the fact that Cook does catch passes. Henry doesn't. And I can totally see that as far as giving the edge to Dalvin Cook. And I would in PPR. Um, speaking of Alvin Kamara, let's talk about these two guys. Cause I, we haven't flip-flopped at four and eight. I have Alvin Kamara at four and you have Alvin Kamara at eight. I have Aaron Jones at eight and the newly re-signed Aaron Jones is at number four in your rankings. And he's coming off another great season. So, uh, sell me on Aaron Jones over AK. Man, Aaron Jones. He is, he was, he was one of these guys that I like. I could not jump on the Aaron Jones bandwagon when he first came out. Like I'm one of those guys who's a sucker for draft capital, and like I I, I want to believe in the stud prospects. But this guy is just he's simply one of the most elite running backs in the league. Um, and his situation 
while you while I could see people being worried about AJ Dillon and how he kind of came on at the end of the year and how his role is going to develop in the offense, they got rid of Jamal Williams, which means all the passing works up for grabs, right? So now Aaron Jones is he's still going to get the majority of the carries in that backfield. Is he going to lose a couple to AJ Dillon? Maybe, but I think AJ Dillon's going to more so just take over that Jamal Williams role, and Aaron Jones is going to get the majority of the pat. I mean, the vast majority of the pass work uh, in that backfield. Um, and, and he doesn't even need the passing work to be great. He didn't he have like 16 rushing touchdowns a, a couple of yeah. seasons ago. Or I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the dude's a baller, man. I just, uh, and what do you have, a four-year deal? I, uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic about Aaron Jones. And then, uh, I don't know, do you want me to just dive right into Alvin Kamara sure. right now? All yeah. right, here we go, boys. Go for it. Here we go. <laughs> you and I, Kyle, we've uh, we've talked about Kamara more than once uh, this offseason. So you know that most of my concerns stem from the uh, quarterback change. Yeah. And so I went the whole way back on to 2013 on uh, Fantasy Pros. For the past eight seasons, uh, Drew Brees and the Saints have finished top four in total running back targets. And they're often finishing first or second in the league. Just to put some uh, context or perspective on how absurd that amount of value is and what that provides for a running back's fantasy production, like an Alvin Kamara. Uh, that, I mean, I just don't think that that can be understated. And I, I say that to people on Twitter and they say, oh, well, you know, we don't even know that Taysom Hill is going to be the guy. So why are you shitting all over the idea that he's not going to catch passes? It doesn't matter because the quarterback, no matter who it is, it's not Drew Brees. And that was Drew Brees' game. And I think that that was so huge for Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, we're, we're so used to him automatically just catching eight passes for 50 yards, which adds up to an awesome fantasy day when you tack on, you know, 55 rushing and a touchdown. But how do you feel now with 55 rushing and a three reception, 30 yard receiving line? That's about 10 fantasy points. Right. And, you know, I, I think the fantasy football community and I think fantasy football gamers remain in denial that that's going to be a real possibility for Kamara probably probably more often than not in 2021 like he he'll disappear like that in in the rushing game and if the passing work isn't there to make up for it that's super concerning to me and you know I'm not going to say that he's going to be garbage this season but I'm going to be very I'm, I'll be zero surprised when uh, Joe Mixon finishes ahead of Alvin Kamara and half PPR. Uh, and I'm I'm totally and you mentioned it the denial. I hear you man like I it I mentioned her and I said it at the top of this discussion. I don't know who the RB2 is. I really don't. You know, there's question marks with all of these guys that I'm feeling certain about. If you if I had uh Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, even you know, 40 whatever years, bajillion years old, noodle arm Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, he might be RB1 for me. Like I do think this dude is he's extremely talented, and but the and the receptions are an ex, are a huge boost to any running back's game. Receptions are worth more than carries. So it does. I don't care that Kamara gets 180 carries a, a season. It doesn't matter to me. But it's not Drew Brees. So I, I, you know, having him at four already factored in a little bit of a dip. I really got to take a look back and see because no one knows who the quarterback is on this team. And if it, you're telling me there's a 20 percent chance it's Taysom Hill, you can't rank Alvin Kamara. No, Taysom that Hill, that is the disaster. Like if yeah. that happens, I'm probably dropping Kamara out of my top 12. I know that's going to sound crazy, but. Mm-hmm. Asim Hill is the Camara killer. We can coin that phrase right now. Uh, <laughs> the Camara killer. Yeah, the Got Kamara it. All right. Taysom Hill. Number seven. If, Maddie, if you're listening to this, make it happen. 
<laughs> Folks, the days of Camara, it's going to be hard to hear. The days of Camara seeing 100 targets per season are over. It does not matter who they put in there under center. Unless Drew Brees comes out of retirement, uh, Alvin Kamara is not going to put up the numbers he that he was. So, I mean, even from a dynasty perspective, I think it would be stupid to not sell on him this year, just knowing that there's no way he comes back and puts up the numbers that he was putting up with Drew Brees. And, I, and this is completely off topic. I don't know why my mind went here, but we're we're sitting here chatting fantasy football. And if you're watching live on YouTube, this is what you're missing because Jake's rocking a Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> uh, hoodie and I'm wearing a White Sox hat. So we just, we got all the, we got two other sports covered. I don't know why that just all of a sudden clicked to me, but. By the way, anyway. if, you're, if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to hit us up on Twitter and let us know which one of us has the best uh, decor in their room. Yeah, right now, it's it's a run for its money right here. Uh, yeah, I got I got some work to do. And uh, you're looking good, man. It, it's good back there. Thanks, yeah. but what do you think of the room? <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there. Um, you mentioned it, by the way. I was going to make sure to hold your ass to it because you started like a Twitter war about it. But yeah. Austin Eckler and Alvin Kamara, you have them back-to-back right now, and I would not be surprised to see Eckler uh, get that bump over AK before this is over. And I dig it, man. Like I, I do think, like I said, any of these top 10 guys you could throw in a blender and whatever spits out is your guy wherever you're picking in the first round. Um, and that's why if you can pick your draft position, there is no way in hell I am picking anywhere in the top six yeah. unless it's the 101 and you want McCaffrey. If you're fine not taking McCaffrey, then get the hell of the back of the line and double up on that for early second. Um the discussion after 10 uh, gets interesting and, and maybe it's just because it's an, a year, uh, a year unlike any other, uh, this is master's week, right? I don't know much about golf, but there you go. Um, though the sophomore running backs, holy crap, dude. Like I, I can't, they're magnetized, dude. I can't get these guys away from each other. Yeah. And I'm just sitting down and I'm like, other, you know, I love, you know, I took, I put Taylor in my top 10. And after that, like, I, I like Swift a lot. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about, uh, Gibson, he's, uh, he's 13th for you, 11th for me. Like he's obviously going to be at the high end of here. And then you still haven't mentioned the name Cam Akers, JK Dobbins, uh, Robinson, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, the guy that, you know, was the one Oh one, right. Of running backs. Like for a lot of people after you got drafted by Kansas city, it's unreal. These, these guys. So I kind of like, part of me still like, don't rookie fever yourself to death, but it's like, well, now they're sophomores. So it's fine to put them all in the top 20. Sure. Um, but uh, there's a lot and of those names you, here. How right can there. you not? They're all, they're all so good. I mean, yeah. it, it, you're almost forced to just, you've got to have them in the top 20. So I did want to touch, I wanted to touch on it from this. Uh, so we have, um, I'll, I'll kind of roll through the next 10 guys and we'll kind of pick and choose here. So in our consensus, 11 through 20, uh, we have Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, uh, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, Chris Carson, an old timer slides in there. Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards, Elair, I guess. Cam Akers and Melvin Gordon, another old dude, um, riding high in this top twenty. So uh, I wanted to ask you about James Robinson. You have him at twelve. He made it in your top twelve. I'm looking at this real quick. I think he is your RB two as far as that sophomore class. Beside the Behind JT, you have him ahead of Gibson, have him ahead of Swift. So sell us, baby. Why, why is James Robinson the pick at RB12? It's funny. That's another guy that like just a month ago we were talking and I was telling you how out I am on James yes. Robinson, how you're all suckers for buying into James <laughs> Robinson. Look, man, they went out there and the, the, as soon as I saw that Carlos Hyde signing, it was like, wow, they're actually all in on James Robinson. 
And if, if Jacksonville gets to the start of the season without adding another running back of consequence, if they do nothing in the draft, you know, inside the top three rounds with a running back, I mean, I can't rank him lower than RB12. There's a, there's a nice group of running backs here in this tier, but James Robinson showed us what he's capable of doing with you know that stupid 80-plus percent opportunity share in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, if he has those numbers, he's an RB1, and I, I just can't push him any further down that list. Uh, is there guys below him that are more talented? Absolutely. I would probably say that there's 10 guys I've listed below James Robinson that I think are more talented than him, but uh, his situation is just... It's it's wheels up for fantasy purposes. Yeah, the the receptions obviously studly. The the you mentioned all the touches, a crazy percentage, and they they haven't had anybody yet. You know, um, we'll see if they do so through the draft. And uh, I I didn't rank any. Did you didn't rank any rookies in here? Correct. No, no. So for this exercise, this is pre NFL draft. So we did not put any rookies in the running back ranking. So, uh, you know, there's going to be some movement in this top twenty. But I thought that was interesting. I'm in on Robinson, but as far as from the sophomore group. He's kind of towards the back of that for me. Like I, I would prefer Clyde Edwards Elaire. Um, I do think that second year in that offense, it's a studly offense. Uh, I think his touches are going to be, you know, less of a percentage than what Robinson gets in in comparison. But I just think the value of those touches. I think the fact of if you watched Kansas City Chiefs games, it was almost comical. Like they got down anywhere near. Like if someone accidentally even looked at the end zone, like holy crap get Clyde off the field. Like he can't be anywhere near there. And it and then like, and then toward, and it was like a running joke for weeks. And then he finally scored and it felt like in the red zone. And then I think it was like two, at least twice. Maybe it felt like maybe three times, like he scored and then it would get called back on a penalty. And I was just like, this dude can't do it. Like he just can't get in there. Like what the hell? But I think in 2021, all jokes aside, <laughs> he's going to, he's going to be in the best offense in the NFL. I think they're going to lean on him a little bit more in his second year. He was, he had fine numbers, um, yeah. When you look at the counting stats overall, like they were a little bit low because he did miss some time at the end of the season. But I don't think it's anything of concern there as far as injury. Um, you know, he he's a borderline top 12 guy for me. I haven't ranked at 14. So, yeah, and I, I wanted to speak to how, you know, maybe they could get him a little more involved in the uh, receiving game, something he really thrived on in LSU. But even looking at his stats here, I mean, you have targets of eight, six, eight, uh, five, six. I mean, the numbers were there. It'd be nice to see him a little more consistent, but if they get this dude involved in the passing game, then absolutely. I've got him way too low on my list. Yeah. And, and, and there's, and I mentioned earlier that like five times that I don't know who the RB two is. And like, it's all a jumbled mess in that top 10. Like I do legitimately think there's 20 guys that I feel pretty decent about. Um, I have Josh Jacobs at 20. I have Melvin Gordon at 23, who I think as of right now is sitting real pretty, um, it's unsexy as hell and no one will want him, but he scores touchdowns and there's no one else there. They got rid of Philip Lindsay yeah. and he can catch passes and you know, he's been productive. I mean, he's a, he, he's a serious candidate for double digit touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I do. I, I think he's going to be one of the, he, he's going to be like a fifth round pick probably just because he's a starter unless they go out for some reason and spend a pick on a running back that like high, um, you know, when they have other needs and, uh, you know, I think Melvin Gordon's going to be locked and loaded for that. So, um, what was there? We we touched on um, we touched on Robinson, uh, who you have one. I'll mention it real quick, one spot behind Joe Mixon. So Mixon and Robinson are like the the uh, the share percentage monsters that uh, yeah. Jake will tell you about. So those guys are inside his top twelve. Touched on Clyde. I have at fourteen. Jake, you're a little bit lower on him, but like you said, all these guys are pretty solid from this class. Anybody else in that group of twenty that you wanted to touch on? Um, as we're kind of getting towards the end of here. 
as far as some of those, uh, and you might have only touched on two or three of those guys who are now sophomores, but I'm really excited to see what Antonio Gibson does in Washington. I want to see that role expand, and I keep using the uh, Christian McCaffrey example of how he only had like a 70-something percent snap share in his rookie season, and then you know now he's doing these insane things with a 90% snap share, and that was with Ron Rivera. So I'd love to see that translate to Antonio Gibson and and see those uh, passing chops we keep hearing about come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I think there's a really high ceiling that has yet to be even tapped into. Yeah, agreed. I do think he's a guy that of all the, you know, there are some players between Dobbins and Akers took a little bit of a while to get them involved. Um, Gibson was involved out of the gate, and but yet we never tapped into what everybody was waiting for, that, you know, the passing game prowess. And with Fitzmagic, I, I think that, you know, that'll come. Um, I think he's not afraid to dump it off. Um, to those guys. So I think Gibson has a ton of upside and hopefully can start chipping into the McKissick stranglehold that we saw at the end of last season. Yes. A few names here to wrap this thing up. Um, Mike Davis, 16th in your rankings. I, I think I might have him ranked here just assuming that somebody else, they, they get somebody else. Um, well, you know, I ranked him assuming <laughs> that he's the starter. So, so I, I don't think I did it intentionally, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Um, not that I'm going to have him at 16. That's insanity. Um, you should be committed, my friend. But like, what, what's your, so as the starter, Mike Davis, RB 16 then. Yeah, I mean, it, and this is assuming, and this is something I don't even believe in. I think Atlanta goes out and they, they probably end up with Javante Williams in the second round or something. But mm-hmm. let's say that doesn't happen and they don't do, they don't go out and they get, a, they don't, they don't go out and get a running back and they put Mike Davis into like a James Robinson type role of last year where, you know, we don't think he's going to have all the carries, but then through process of elimination, he's the only guy we saw what he did in Carolina. He was very solid, uh, it, it, you know, taking over for Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, it, it's there. It could, you know, it could happen. I'm not the most optimistic about him. I've got him down here at 16, but if, if he's getting all the carries in Atlanta and that's that, pretty and damn I, optimistic, my friend, I'm not going to lie. Like that's, I would that, love to know where the consensus has him right now. <laughs> do you, where, did, do you, where did Todd Gurley finish last year? Do you know off the top of your head? Ballpark? Uh, no, and and on you'd have to look at it like in that first eight to ten games because he was solid. I mean, he was a he was a running back too for sure, finding the end zone a bunch, and then they just phased him out. Um, you know, I I remember too many waiver wire columns talking about Ito Smith and uh, God, whoever the other uh, shoe clerks, you know, as Memphis would call them. Uh, they were rolling out there just ridiculously horrible. The situation's awesome. The offense is good. Yeah. They can score touchdowns. You know, they can move the ball. Arthur Smith is now there. I like whoever the starter was. That was the place. Start, you know, highlight, whatever. Atlanta running back. Who lands there? And then sleeper notification. Mike Davis. Like, that sounds horrible, right? Like, what the hell are we doing? I still remember the four letters I texted to you as soon as that happened. (laughs) Yes. I wonder. Yeah. Let's see if we can find those four letters. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm live on the air, but it was not love. No, (laughs) it definitely was not. Um there and there's still and as we talk about it too we didn't rank any of the of rookie running backs there's still some veteran running backs that are out there uh that could spoil some of this like i the the biggest one i'm waiting for is is james connor you know what where does he go did they bring him back to pittsburgh um there's some situations that have yet to be addressed that we'll we'll touch on as we get closer to the draft as far as teams that we are looking to maybe address the running back position <coughs> arizona um you know, but but uh, that'll that'll be seen. There's going to be some names added to this list. Kyle, um, Chase Edmonds season. No, it's not Chase Edmonds season. I don't. You know, whatever. I 
I, I love that all of my leagues, all the Chase Edmonds owners are like, oh, he's for sale. I'm like, yeah, I bet he is because he's about to, <laughs> about to turn into a damn pumpkin here in three yeah. weeks. So whatever. Um, we got uh, Josh Jacobs at 20 for me, 24 for you. I mean, I don't think that's a surprise. It shouldn't be to people, right? Yeah, like, man, he's, he's now part of a committee. You know, so yeah. if that's the case, then we have to start asking ourselves, do you, want, do you prefer a guy like Josh Jacobs or do you prefer a guy like Kareem Hunt? Who mm-hmm. just last season finishes like the RB eight or something and half. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, if that's the case, then it's not even close for me. So mm-hmm. um, I'm probably gonna own zero Josh Jacobs. Even if he falls and he falls and he falls, I'm just I, I think it's gonna be a waste of a roster space. And just when you think he's doing good, you're gonna put him in your lineup, and then Kenyon Drake's gonna score three touchdowns. And I'm not playing that game in 2021. His his price tag is probably going to is gonna is gonna take him off my teams as well. Like you know, if you can get them super cheap, you can see if the talent emerges. I'm not a Kenyon Drake guy. I think Jacobs can still get you, you know, 220, 240 carries. But the problem is he doesn't catch passes already. Now you're adding another body there. The touchdowns really propped him up last year. I looked at his numbers and I got to I got to find it again. But I can't remember if it was P. I think it might have been PPR. And obviously there was some some funny business last year, with, you know, with the situation that Tariq Cohen went down. But Dave Montgomery and Josh Jacobs have been the same running back, you know, when you look at their fantasy stats over the course of their career. And for some reason, Josh Jacobs before the Drake stuff was an RB1 and Montgomery is, you disgusting. They're the same guy for me. They do the same things. Um, and now they're ranked the same. You know, I think they're about where they should be. Dave Montgomery coming off the top five season um, outside the top 20 for both of us. So, uh, again, another guy that if you're just kind of, once you kind of get back into it, if people are in your leagues are not paying attention, they might remember the hot end of the season of David Montgomery. Cohen's coming back. No reason to, to spend your pick there on David Montgomery inside that in the top 20 at running back. Um, a- any other any other names as you uh, as we're wrapping this thing? I was put a bow on this thing. Is there one or two more guys that maybe jump out at you that you wanted to go over that you're keeping an eye on right now? No. Okay. <laughs> None of these guys. Uh, you know, do you think AJ Dillon finds any seasonal value if, if Aaron Jones is healthy? He now uh, one thing I use I usually do this like on my own I don't know if I've ever actually done it on a podcast before but usually like I rank all of the the handcuff guys just like and not from the standpoint of like pray for an injury and this guy will be great like guys that I think will have a legitimate shot like Dylan is definitely for me in that in that range with like a Tony Pollard um, whoever the second guy is probably in San Francisco um, if it's if it's not Mostert if it's Jeff Wilson like those kind of guys I think have some really good upside. Uh, Gus Edwards is one of those guys, I think, this next year. So, like, I, I'll take Dylan in round 12 and just put him on my bench and just see how it plays out. You mentioned it with Aaron Jones. I definitely agree. I think that the passing work that Jamal Williams was getting will go to Aaron Jones. He's done that before. He's a good pass catcher. Does the carries come down and go to, to A.J. Dylan? Like, you know, that could happen. And if that, you know, if he's – then you're good. And the, and the reason I would want that is not because, oh, now I can play A.J. Dylan in a flex – but I could feel confident then if Jones misses a game or two, which all of these running backs probably will, uh, I can plug Dylan in and know he's good. You know, he's not Mike Boone, right? Like I have no idea what the hell he can do and then he sucks. Um, so I just want to see Dylan get a little bit of work, but I'll, I'll he is one of the backups that I definitely, that I'll be drafting um, that I think has some solid upside for 2021. So right on. Um, all right. And uh, yeah, I think that does it, man. We're, we're running a little long, but rankings do that. And we talked a lot of QBs. Yeah. So got well, you guys covered. And, and, running, and the running backs rankings are going to shift more. You know, the QBs, they kind of are what they are. You know what you got right now. Um, you know the teams that are taking a quarterback, especially now Sam Darnold's in Carolina. Um, so there you have it. But 
Hope you guys found this uh, insightful. Uh, we're going to be rolling this thing back next week, Monday on the YouTubes, Tuesday on the podcast. So again, subscribe to that Steve Warzone feed, wherever you listen to podcasts, rate and review the show, hit that uh, bell or whatever it is on YouTube. I don't know. I'm not hip with the kids these days, I guess. Uh, but notifications on, Get you, we got to get to 500 people. So check us out on YouTube on Monday nights, hang out with us for a bit. Uh, we're going to be talking wide receiver and tight end rankings next week. So it's going to be another interesting show as we continue through our pre-NFL draft rankings for 2021. Follow Jake on Twitter at JakeTakesFF. You can follow me at KyleMonth8. And uh, I think that does it. There you go. Any final words, Jake? Nope. Thank you, everyone, for listening.